This sermon was recorded at Christ Church Overland Park, a congregation that seeks to be a people fully alive in God's kingdom. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw, <clears throat> he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, good morning. It's good to be back. I was ice fishing uh, in North Dakota, and now I get to go ice fishing here. So, yeah. Also, I, uh, I know there were rumors going around that I was going to take the Alabama job, but uh, I turned it down. This is really where I want to be. People have been asking me, are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, if you'd asked me that when I was in college, I would not have been okay, but I've matured over the years. All right, we are in the church season after the epiphany, and in that spirit, you know, epiphany means to reveal or to be made manifest, and um, in that spirit, you know, we're in Mark's gospel, and we're looking at these passages that reveal who Jesus is and what he came to do. And in these stories, we can, we can learn from that. We can learn from what's revealed. We can learn from Jesus' words. We can learn from his actions. And today's text, Mark chapter 2, Jesus' calling of Matthew or, or Levi. And there's, there's a lot in this story that we could talk about. But I want us to focus on, really, I think, the heart of it, which is the, the punchline, if you will, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So let's, let's talk about this and let's do it uh, with the, the healthy, the sick, and the doctor. 
the healthy, the sick, and the doctor. So we'll start with the healthy. You know, the scene here is, it's very early in Jesus's ministry. He's in the village of Capernaum, which is in the region of Galilee, which is in uh, northern Israel. You know, Jesus, a lot of the gospels talk about uh, Jesus's time in Jerusalem. That's because most of the, you know, 25% of all the material in the Gospels is focused on the last week of Jesus' life and ministry, which happened in Jerusalem. So, you know, a lot happened there. He was crucified, buried, and resurrected. But the time he spent in Jerusalem was actually relatively short. Capernaum, located on the northwest shore of the sea or the lake, it's actually a lake, it's not a sea, um, of Galilee, that is where Jesus lived and where he carried out his mission. Um, you know, most of the chapters in the Gospels describe what happened when Jesus was living in Capernaum. And we think he was there from the time of his baptism up until the last week of his life. So Jesus is walking beside the lake. Pretty much everywhere in Capernaum at that time was by the lake. Um, and he sees Matthew. He sees Levi in his tax booth. And Jesus says, follow me. And Levi gets up and follows him. I was gonna read this quote from um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, The Cost of Discipleship. It's too long though. But uh, basically it's about, you know, scholars have been wrestling with for centuries, you know, why would a person just get up and go, you know, what, what must have happened? Or surely they knew each other beforehand and blah, blah. And Bonhoeffer's just like, who cares? There's one reason that he got up and went, because it was Jesus. If Jesus looks you in the face and says, hey, come on, that's what you do. You get up and go. And then immediately... You know, they don't tell us anything about it except that it cuts to a scene later that evening where Jesus is having dinner at Levi's house. And Matthew has brought all of his friends over. It says, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, no doubt that struck a chord with these religious leaders. They know that he's referencing him, himself, as the doctor, and they know that he's referring to them as the healthy, which was said, obviously, with some irony, and I also imagine maybe a bit of sarcasm. <laughs> and just so there was no confusion, Jesus clarified that by the healthy, he, he was referring to them as the righteous. The Pharisees thought they were healthy. Spiritually speaking, they, they thought they were really healthy. And, you know, 
to be fair, in their defense, everyone thought that. I mean, everyone in the culture agreed. Everyone thought they were really spiritually the healthy ones. The word Pharisee, it means separated one. And so they, they, they believed that they were righteous. They were spiritually healthy because they were separated. They were separated from the Gentiles and they were separated from all the sources of impurity. They were even separated from the people they considered to be the irreligious Jews. See, the Pharisees did what religion often does. They lumped people into groups. The good people, which was primarily them, and the bad people, which consisted mostly of everyone else. And in Jesus' words about the wine and wineskins, he's letting them know that what he came to do was totally new totally different. He wasn't just tweaking, you know, making some changes to that kind of pharisaical point of view, that pharisaical worldview and, you know, grouping people as the righteous and the sinners. No, he was, he was wiping that out altogether. And that really, I think, gets to the heart of the matter. The point that Jesus made is not about the healthy versus the sick, spiritually speaking. The real point is this. Admitting your sickness versus refusing to do so. That's the real point Jesus is making. He's essentially saying, There are no healthy people. From a spiritual point of view, there there are no healthy people. Romans chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, he quotes Psalm 14, which says, The Lord looks down from heaven to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. There is no one who does good. See, Jesus' point is that these Pharisees are as sick as the tax collectors. But their bigger problem is that they won't acknowledge that fact. They won't acknowledge it. And, you know, those of you who serve in the medical community can correct me if I'm wrong, but I bet there is a big difference between treating someone who refuses to acknowledge that they're actually sick versus someone who does. You know, if you have to convince someone that they're sick, I suspect that's much more difficult than someone who comes to you and says, yeah, doctor, I I don't feel good. Um, Please help me. Whatever you tell me to do, you know, I just want to be well. That's Jesus' point about the healthy. They're not really healthy. And if they're unwilling to acknowledge that fact, then Jesus really doesn't have much to say to them. There's not much he can do for them. 
It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Well, who are the sick? In this context, they're described as the tax collectors and sinners. So first, let's talk about the tax collectors. You know, this territory was occupied and controlled by the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire wanted what all empires want, money. They wanted money. It takes money, a lot of it, to run an empire. And so they impose taxes. And we first meet Matthew in his tax booth that was probably set up like on the main road going out of Capernaum. And so he was collecting duties on imported goods that were brought in by farmers, merchants, even people just kind of caravanning through. And under the system that the Roman Empire set up, Matthew, as the tax collector, probably would have paid the taxes that were owed to Rome out of his own pocket ahead of time. And then whatever was collected from the citizens and the travelers was used to reimburse himself. But the tax collectors were notoriously corrupt because they, you, you know, they were extortionists. They, they, with the help of the Roman guards, Roman soldiers, they would request from people far and above what they actually owed, what they had paid to Rome. And they did this, obviously, to ensure their profit. And so there were two things that were going against them. They were Jews that were helping the Roman Empire, and they were cheating their own Jewish brothers and sisters. And so they were, they were hated. And that word is maybe not even strong enough, because we say things like, oh, I hate, you know, pizza or whatever. Like, no, these people were hated. They were despised. They were totally shunned. You know, that was Matthew's life. And I'm sure, no pun intended, that it took a toll on him. Now, sinners, who were they? Because that's kind of a broad label, you know? Well, for the Pharisees, sinners was a term that was used to, to describe people who, who lived, uh, in their minds, really immoral lives, had people who had questionable occupations. Um, another example would be people who maybe, you know, if you had cancer, well, in their minds, they thought, well, the reason that's happening to you is because you did something bad, and so God is punishing you. You know, so these were the people who were physically and morally unapproachable. And so you combine them, this broader group with the tax collectors, and these people, these people were truly social and religious outcasts. It's why they were friends with each other, because no one else would have anything to do with them. Now, their advantage, though, was that they knew they were sick. They knew they were sick because everything in the culture reminded them of that fact every day. 
Imagine something as benign as just walking down the street. But when you do it, people literally run the other way and they scream, unclean, unclean. That's what they did. That was their existence. And no wonder, you know, all of a sudden now, Jesus comes along and he receives them. He welcomes them. He eats with them. And you understand like how, how radical this was and how, how socially unacceptable this was? No wonder they loved him. No wonder Matthew got up and went. Someone actually treated him like a human being? Jesus' point should not be lost on us. None of us are righteous from, you know, spiritually speaking. We're not righteous. All of us have turned away. And the reality is all of us can be the healthy. All of us can refuse to admit that we're sick and that we need help, that we need God's grace. And any of us can be the sick. Any of us can humble ourselves and acknowledge, yes, Lord, I, I need you. I need your mercy and forgiveness in my life. Jesus' message to the sick is one of love and acceptance. Jesus' message to the healthy is a little bit different. And you can just read the Gospels to see his dialogue with these people called the Pharisees. Now, one more thing about the sick. And I've kind of already said it, but I want to be explicit. The sick are not people who simply acknowledge their illness, but they're people who acknowledge their illness and are willing to undergo treatment. They're willing to heed the doctor's orders, if you will. Jesus works with people who not only know that they're sick, but that they want to get well. You know, in John chapter 5, Jesus goes up to this lame man. He's in Jerusalem. He's, this man has been lame for 38 years. And Jesus walks up to me and says, do you want to be well? And you're like, what? What kind of question is that? Well, it's not a bad question. Do you want to be well? Because to be well, it means your whole life is going to change. Everything in your life is going to change. You're not going to be a beggar anymore. You're, I mean, everything is going to change. And are you, are you ready for that? We all know people who, for whatever tragic reason and whatever the sickness really was, didn't want to get well. I mean, it happens. And I suspect it happens more than we want to admit. Jesus is, and he has the cure for the spiritual sickness that ails all of us, but we have, we have to want to. We have to be willing to let go of our unhealthy behaviors and embrace some new healthy ones. So the healthy, the sick, and the doctor, who is obviously Jesus. 
I mean, think of this. Jesus takes the most hated person in the whole culture and not only accepts him, but makes him one of the primary leaders in his kingdom movement. And it worked. It became the most significant movement that the world has ever seen. It worked. And the doctor just kept right on, just read the Gospels, and he's still doing it, welcoming the poor, the crippled, the, the blind, the lame, the foolish things of this world, the tax collectors and the sinners. He receives them. He receives the sick, and he eats with them and brings healing to their souls. And in doing that, you know what we, you know what we see? You know what we're seeing? We are seeing who God is. We are seeing who God is and what he's like. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He seeks them, receives them, eats with them, and saves them. And that is our Hope in this life. That we have a Savior like that. And what this text also makes very clear is that this healing work of the doctor comes with a call, just like it did with Matthew. It comes with a call. Hey, come on. Get up. Come follow me. It's a call to be like him. Which, you know, I was joking about it earlier. I'm not joking now. This is why I have giving, given my life to do this. To build with you a church, a community that is committed to loving God and to giving ourselves away in the service of others through all the, the ups and downs in the journeys of our, of our lives. I'm committed to working with you to be a people so fully alive in God's kingdom that nothing would keep us from the sacrifices and the joys that Jesus promises to us if we will continue to proclaim his good news to the sick, to the tax collectors and sinners of our world. The doctor has healed us for that very purpose. That's what we're here to do. And so, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Here we are. Send us. Send us.